we went into the I went into the mission field maybe t- ten years ago for the first time. Um, those of you that have not been here today, welcome. First of all, um, we've had uh, two services by now, so this is the third one. And um, I praise the Lord for you guys being here, and the presence of God is here this morning, and I praise Him for that as well. And um, that's the only thing that matters is that God breaks chains, God makes differences, God God wants to do things in your life, and He desires to do that in you and with you. First of all, I have a little fa- some family here, my cousin Jacob and his wife, and my cousin Liz and her husband. Um, so welcome them if you would. Thank you guys for coming. That being said, watch your wallets and purses while they're here, okay? Um, I, I've seen the things that I thought God could and could not do in the mission field. And I've literally seen men say that God could not do something and watch it happen to them that day. And the, the, the Spirit of God is its, it's its own thing. It will do whatever it wants to with you. I'm not talking about um, um, doctrines of man and, and opinions of man. I'm saying once you realize that the Lord can do whatever He wants to with you. And I think about David. Having a little feedback here. I think about David could be such a mighty warrior and, and do such amazing things. But also sit at the feet of a man with demons in him and calm him because of his worship to God. And that's the Spirit of God. Only, only, only the Lord can do stuff like that. Only the Lord can, can bring something upon somebody and allow them to change anything. Absolutely anything. And I, I asked Indy to play that last song today for that reason because it talks about the presence of God. And just a, a quick re- rerun of today, I've... I've done a lot of what my what would be teaching from me. This this is going to be nothing but me praising God. This is going to be nothing but me worshiping God. I'm going to act like not a single one of you are here. I'm going to only worship God this morning, and it just so happens to be in front of you. So, um, if you would to um, today, let's go to let's see what where we're going to. Desiring the presence of God, let's go to the book of Luke, Luke chapter eight. Let's start in, we'll start in verse 19, Luke chapter 8, verse 19. Then his mother and brothers came to him, but they could not meet him with him because there, could not meet with him because there was a crowd. He was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. But he replied, capital H, because it's Jesus that's replying, replied to them, My mother and my brothers are those who hear and do the word of God. Uh, I always think what a, you know, being there and being his mother and brother, wanting that, that must have hit them pretty hard um, when the servant came back to them and told them that. But Jesus was um, getting a point across. Then we'll go to the same, same book, Luke chapter 8. We'll go to... Um, 
We'll go to verse 40. Luke chapter 8, verse 40. This is not a lot of reading today. When Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. And then skip down to, let's see, it's kind of the middle of verse 41. While he was going, the crowds were nearly crushing him. A woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years who had spent all she had on doctors yet could not be healed by any approached from behind and touched the tassel of his robe. Instantly her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds are hemming you and pressing against you. Somebody did touch me, said Jesus. I know that power has gone out from me. When the woman saw that, she was discovered. She came trembling, fell down before him. In the presence of all the people, she declared the reason she had touched him and how she was instantly cured. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. I'm going to ask Jacob if you could just stand up and pray for the word today, brother. Just right from there. Yes. Yes, that's right. Amen. So at this point in time, the, the secret of Jesus is out. The secret of, of there being a man that, that people are saying this is the Messiah. Maybe he's Elijah because Elijah was lifted up into heaven. Maybe he came back. Maybe this is some descendant of Moses. But there's somebody around that is doing miracles. We're seeing the, the hand of God work through this person. And everyone's hearing about it in Judea, in Israel, in Gilgal, everywhere. They know, the secret's out. So people are coming from all around to see what is the big, what's the fuss about. What's the big deal with this guy named Jesus? Is he really who he says he is? So I, I imagine crowds much, much bigger than this size. And it, it's, it's not as hard to imagine a lot of these countries we go into. Josh has been there on, on some occasions. That crowd, crowds is a normal thing. And actually, there's like some kind of a zone that, that every country has. Like, it's okay to be, this, before COVID, it's okay to be this close to somebody. And to, to an American, we have a certain amount of inches to, to where we're normally like, that's close enough, brother. To someone in India... Like pressing up against each other all day long is not abnormal at all. This culture, I would say, would be somewhat like that. And this was so, so pressing that these people that were used to crowds like this, used to the, the daily going to the market, going to the store, walking from one end to the street to the other, um, they're used to having to deal with crowds, used to having to deal with people. It was so much so that they were having problems getting around. So Mary and, and her son came up to see Jesus. And, and you always have to hope that they have a good heart about what they're doing. You know, but this is just a really weird verse. It's what I, what I read earlier, Luke chapter 8, that little bitty section. That's all it says. They, they, they saw that there was a crowd and all these people, hundreds upon hundreds, maybe thousands, desiring to be around this man that the world is making this huge deal about. And they realize it's not worth it to go through that crowd. They'll send somebody else 
that walked through the crowd and told Jesus, your family or your mother and your brother are out there waiting for you. I guess expecting him to drop everything what he's doing and come out. And this, this here is a representation of what a lot of our, our, rep, our relationship with God is. It, it's, there's a crowd, there's things to press through, to get through in the midst of the King, of our Savior, of the One that created us, the One that sustains us, but there's things in the way to go into His presence, so I would rather not. I would rather Him just come to me. And, and we can draw all kinds of parallels to daily life with us. Even uh, we're, we're keeping time schedules here and, and, and that's normal. That's no problem. But I think that if we believe that we can decide that the Holy Spirit comes in here at 8.30 and leaves at 9.45, He takes a little break, 15 minutes, right? And then He's back for the, the Bible study, takes another little break, and then comes back for the last message at 11 o'clock. I don't think that's how it works. I don't think at all that is how God works. I think that the Lord is those, though they're waiting for those that push through the crowd. So he told them, he said, you go back and tell them, I feel sorry for this individual that's the, the mouthpiece, right? He's having to push through these crowds back and forth. And he says, go back and tell them, my mother and brother are those who listen to my word and do it. So I'm sure that the people around Mary and Jesus' brother are like, whoa, maybe you're kind of on the outs with him right now. That's not the case, but Jesus is saying something. You have to push through that to get to me. I'm not coming out to you. I'm here. I'm doing my job. I'm in the midst of everything, but all these people are wanting to be around me. You yourself are not, good enough, are not, are not better than them to have to push through and get into my presence. And later in that chapter... It's a funny thing because a woman, woman with the issue of blood, it says for 12 years, she, she paid everything she had to, for doctors, for everyone to attempt to fix this never-ending issue of blood that she had. She couldn't get away from it. And I will also say, um, they, everyone probably knew that too. There was many people in that crowd that understood that's the woman that has the issue of blood. That's the woman pushing through here that has the issue of blood. It says that the crowd was so strong up against Jesus that, that he was even uncomfortable. For someone in that culture to be uncomfortable at that point, it was pretty bad. And I can imagine this woman with the issue of blood, she understood who Jesus said that he was. And regardless of it, what people thought, as she walked through that crowd, as she elbowed through the crowd, as she nudged through the crowd to get to the presence of God, she was going to do it. She probably passed doctors. She probably passed physicians. She probably passed her banker. She probably passed all the people that she saw at the market. And she, under, she knew, I don't care what they think of me or how hard I have to push through this crowd. I'm going to touch the hem of His garment and I will immediately be healed. And that's what Jesus said. He said, because you have pushed through and because your belief, you have been made whole. And he, he first says, who touched me? He says, something went out of me. And Peter's like, Lord, I don't know if you're not paying attention, but we're trapped. We can't move. We're, we're done here. Like, everyone's touching you. And you have to think about all these people so close to Jesus. All these people so close to the answer for their problems. All these people so close to their joy, to their faith, to their anointing, to their calling. And they're just encircling Him, watching Him. Ooh, what's He going to do next? What's 
what's he going to do next? If they for a moment thought that they could touch him and be healed, no one would have ever left that place. They would have all been holding on to his garment. Everyone would have been hanging on if they understood exactly who Jesus was at that moment. Today, who, who are you? Are you that person that sees the presence of God and you, and you wonder who that is and you know that that's going to cost something of me? I'm going to have to trudge through that crowd. I don't want to get dirty. These people know who I am. They know my testimony. They know this. They know that. I want to be into the presence of God, but I'm not willing to push through that. Or are you someone in the crowd around that are very close to Jesus? As in you're in the crowd. You're seeing these things. Maybe you see the woman with the issue of blood struggling to touch the hem of his garment. But you yourself will not humble yourself to that measure. You yourself are okay being in the midst of Jesus, in the talk of Jesus, in the whatever of Jesus. But to lay yourself out there and touch the hem of his garment, my friend, that right there is its own thing. That right there is desiring the presence of God to a different level. To a different level is what that woman was doing. It says she walked up to him and touched the hem of his garment and she was immediately healed. Immediately healed. We have a mistake. And even Isaiah in chapter 6, it said, this was the prophet of the time. As in, he was, he was very familiar with godly things. He worked inside the temple. He worked at the altars. He did the sacrifices. And one day, he walked through the veil and the presence of God was there. This time was different. This time was different. That day was not the same day. It says, I'm undone. I'm completely undone as I stand in the presence of God and I am known for coming and being a minister. I am known for coming and being a minister and today I feel like I don't know a thing about God. That's what happens when you come into the confrontation of who God is. I tell you right now, I have seen so many people and I am one of them that have, have grown up in church, have seen things of the Lord, believed in the Lord, understood that God was real, understood that God was, was the answer, understood that God was my salvation, but when I came into the presence of God. When I came then into the presence of God, it, the same thing happens every time. I'm undone. Wipe the slate clean. I have a pastor friend that always says, God jerked the rug out from Isaiah. And that is exactly what happened. He said, I don't know what to do with myself. I don't even know, I don't even know what I believe. All I do know is that that right there is completely holy. Because there are three things just screaming, holy, holy, holy. It's not because that was the only word in their vocabulary. It's not because that that's all that they could come up with. That's the only word that fit. That's the only word that could be said in that moment. That the presence of God is holy, holy, holy. Nothing else will fit right there. Nothing else will ever fit there in the presence of God. There is not a more deep, heavy word in the world than holy. And that is what the presence of God is. Do you understand that today? Have you sought after the presence of God or are you in the, are you in the family of God? Are you just in the family of God wanting to be seen in His presence? Wanting to be seen doing His things? Wanting to be caught running circles around Jesus? So many times Jesus would make it a point to say, you have to leave everything you have if you want into my, if you want into my presence. 
I believe 100% that many people receive salvation. Many, many, many people receive salvation. But many people have not been in the presence of God. Do you understand what I'm saying there? The present salvation is we understand the gift that was given to us on the cross through the shed blood of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But then there's a day, can we agree that if Isaiah had not seen the presence of God, he was still saved, you know, before Jesus, but still knew who Yahweh was. He was living according to the law. He knew God. God loved him. But when he saw the presence of God in his life, It completely changed. And the first thing that happened to him was, what did he say? I'm a man of unclean lips. I don't know what kind of rascal Isaiah could have possibly been, being being the high priest at the time, but I feel like he was a pretty good guy. I feel like you could trust your wallet around that guy, right? I I feel like he was okay. But in the midst of the presence of God, he said, I am nothing. I am unclean. You can take me out, dump me in the dumpster. And this is a man that's going about God's work. And then he says, what would you have me to do? Use me. Use me. God God says, who will I send? Send me. Send me. After he was already in ministry. After he was a high priest. In, in the order of God, seeking the face of God, working in the temple, working in the midst of God, he then runs into God, and then God changes his life completely. I think about so many people in Scripture. We think about John in, in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 5. We, we just got through with an amazing Bible study of Revelation at, at Brother Emmett, uh, me and Brother Emmett and some of my family and Glenn and Josh. And one thing that's completely stuck out to me was Revelations chapter 5. John, John knew God. John was a disciple. John knew Jesus. And he's taken through all these things. And every time God takes him into his presence, he, it's, it's like a toddler. He didn't know what to do. He completely didn't know what to do. He says, holy, holy, holy are you, God. I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. And there was one time, there was one time where they were opening the seals, opening the scrolls. And they had opened some of them. And one of them they could not open. I'm talking about John. I'm not talking about regular people here. I'm talking about people that were in the presence of God, seeking, seeking the face of God, walking with Jesus, seeing Jesus crucified, seeing Jesus risen from the dead. And he's standing in front of this scroll, could not open it, says he starts bawling. Says he starts crying. And all, the, all these men, I'm talking the elders, 24 elders, they're standing around, they're like, uh, what are we going to do? Who can open the seal? Who can open the seal? He starts, he starts bawling. It says that the lion of the tribe of Judah showed up. And he opened the seal. He's the only one. And it's funny because one of the elders said, stop crying, John. He's like, you should have known better that you can't do it. At this point in time, everything that has happened in this world has been because we have desired the presence of God. And the presence of God is the only thing that can fix your life today. 
The only thing worth fighting over, the only thing worth pushing through that crowd and desiring, the only thing worth moving your family, moving your friends, changing the whole makeup of your life is because you desire the presence of God. There's, que- there's questions you can ask yourself when you're going about your life and you're, you're running into an issue. You're like, I don't know that this decision is godly. I don't know that this thing, it's not like it's against the Ten Commandments. It's not like it's against a sin. But I wonder if God is going to do something here. Ask yourself, does it glorify or take you into the presence of God? Or will it take somebody else into the presence of God? Ask yourself that. And then completely, and then answer it correctly. Be honest with yourself. Is that going to take me or someone else into the presence of God? I remember one time, I've only been in it a few times. We've seen many moves of the Holy Spirit. We've seen God do amazing things. People ask me, I don't know what doctrine you are. And I said, it'd probably be best not to ask because I don't even know. I'll tell you right now, God can do whatever He wants. I'll tell you right now, God can... I could go into stories that would make everyone in here uncomfortable. Make me uncomfortable telling them. Those, all these things are real that we see. All these, all these things that you hear about the disciples doing are completely real and God can do them. He can do them right now. He can raise the youngest person in this church, someone in that nursery, to walk in here and spread the gospel to a place that we're all on our hands and knees. That can happen. That can 100% happen because that's the presence of God. When I saw it happen one time, Andy Andy mentioned these pastors in Mexico. These men were, were and this was uh, nine, eight, nine years ago, in the midst of the worst years of, of cartel abuse, murderings, you name it. I mean, I heard that... The spiritual attack on this conference was so crazy. I remember preaching one night and a snake crawled across the stage. It was like that. And I just had the biggest headache in the world. And after preaching, I went and sat more or less on top of a rock and was like, what are you doing, Lord? What is going on here? And there were girls coming up talking to Indy about what they were dealing with, with the cartels wanting to take them on as people that work for them and killing their fathers and staying in their churches and killing their family members. And if you didn't, it's called plato or plomo. It's either you take the money, plato is silver, or plomo is lead. You're going to take one of the two. And there was testimony after testimony after testimony of these horrible things. Things that none of us in here have seen unless you're a combat veteran. Things that in this world, in this country right now, as bad as it is and as bad as it's getting, it's not even touched it. Not even close. And these people were so broken. These people had such an issue of blood that they did not care what their neighbor thought about them. They did not care about what everyone else around them thought, what, what they were thinking of. They, they knew each other's testimonies. They knew some of them had probably given in to the cartel and given money, and some of them have not. And they knew some of their friends had died from this and that. But in that moment, they, when they stood up, And the presence of God was there. Brokenness fell on that place to a degree that you cannot imagine. Complete brokenness. Tears. People at the altar. People on the ground. People that said something couldn't happen and they were doing it. And I was just playing the guitar. And I had just a full... I I had the show. The show was in front of me. 
And I was like, the presence of God. If we can desire this to such a degree that we, that, that we just keep pushing for it and we keep pushing for it and we elbow the people and we have problems but we understand eventually I'm going to grab a hold of His garment and something's going to happen. Something is going to happen when I grab a hold of the garment of Jesus. Do you believe that He who is faithful? Do you believe who, you, who died upon the cross for you and rose three days later? The resurrection is what we are, we are worshiping today. A lot of people died and never got up. He resurrected. That man on the cross is not on the cross anymore. It says that he stands at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you day and night, day and night, and day and night. And he wants you to come into his presence. He wants you to desire his presence. It says that those who come up to him empty will leave filled. Those who come up to him empty and broken and disdain will leave filled. That is God's promise. If you come up pious and prideful in all this knowledge, you'll leave with the feeling that you had every single time. I've talked a little bit about miracles today, and God can absolutely do them, but there is not one miracle greater than a prideful man of woman coming to know the Lord. Not one. Not one miracle bigger than that. That a man or woman that is prideful and pious and, and reserved and doesn't want anything, they just want to look like a Pharisee or something, there is not a greater miracle than that person coming into the presence of God and being broken. 100%. 100%. We can see demons out of people, whatever. Praise God, the Lord does that. But to, for a man to understand who he is and how broken he is and his pride and comes into the presence of God. That is a miracle. That right there is something to say hallelujah about. Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. It says that he was grown up like a youth. It says that he cried. He was a sad man. He was broken. He knew, he knew much distress and it says that the people esteemed him not. Esteemed him not. Esteemed is an interesting word. I wish people talked like they used to. It esteemed him not. They honored him not. They held him to a reverence not. They did not hold up Jesus to what he was. Once you understand who God is, and what the presence of God is, your life will change. I'm telling you right now today, friend, that God is who He says He is. He's not the one on the cross anymore. He's interceding for you. And it says that He has fire in His eyes. And He was a sacrificial lamb at one point in time. He's not that anymore, buddy. He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. It says that He stands in the midst of the altar and His robe goes throughout the place and there's room for nothing else. You couldn't fill it up with another thing because the robe represents royalty. Royalty, royalty, royalty fills up the whole place. That's the presence of God. That's what we're after is the presence of God. And when you fall on your face and understand what that is and esteem Him to that kind of esteem, God starts moving in your life. I have prayers for this church individually. I have prayers for this place individually. There are men of God that preach at this place. Brother Dan, Brother Paul, seek the Lord. We will not see a single victory 
that glorifies God unless we esteem Him. Unless we esteem Him. Unless we honor Him. Unless we hold Him up exactly where He needs to be as number one. And completely push through the crowd. What, what, what you guys are seeing in this battle we, we're facing is a crowd to be pushed through. And you have an issue of blood, I promise you that. Every one of us here has that issue. Push through that crowd. I don't care what it takes. Desire the presence of God. Sit in the presence of God. Cry out for the presence of God. And He'll give it to you. He'll give it to you. It may not be much, but that's going to be long enough. Or that's going to be enough to hold you till the next time that He takes you into the presence of God. I oftentimes think about that woman with the issue of blood. And everyone knowing... Knowing her and who she is and the issues that she had, you know, um, in that day, a rabbi could not have been around a woman with an ongoing issue of blood. So that's issue number one with her going up to Jesus. And then all the, the whole crowd understanding what her issue was. And if they didn't know, after it happened, they knew. Because she announced it. By her testimony, she announced it. I oftentimes wonder, <clears throat> you know how time goes by. God gives us a grace period. We, we seek the face of God. And we accept His salvation. And we go into... We, we go into a relationship with God, and at first you're just like, <clears throat> no, just, we're like a blooming idiot. We just completely, we're, we understand what Jesus did on that cross and understood now what that means to us. But time goes by. Time, time goes by, and, and battles come, and, and things happen that, that kind of drain us a little bit. So I wonder if that woman with the issue of blood a year later, we'll give it a year, that was healed. I wonder if she had another issue. I I wonder sometimes when when she was walking the streets and she was thinking about Jesus, if she would see some some kind of happening, some people were getting excited, and she would wonder or even run over to see what the commotion was and wonder if that was Jesus again because she had something else. She had another issue. I wonder, I wonder sometimes late at night when she was dealing with an uh, issue in her marriage or when she was dealing with an issue possibly with her children or at work, um, I wonder if she would go out in the street and start praying and wonder, Jesus, I could really use the hem of your garment again tonight. I could really use you walking down that street again, Lord. I could really, really use you again right now. I wonder if she did that. The scripture doesn't tell us, but I wonder. These people didn't die immediately. They had lives, and, and they, people, people understood that she had been touched by the presence of God. And I bet that many times she walked out on that street hoping that she would run into him again. What are you doing How far are you willing to go and push through the crowd? Are you a friend or family of Jesus? 
or are you his children? Are you one that seeks the face of God only, only for, for other people to see you? Or are you surrounding him and, and just being happy with that? Knowing that, that you've been caught close to him. You were close to him now. You got to see what happened. You got to see Jesus. You understood him. Or are you that woman that could not care less about another person, what they say? Baby, you can go ahead and start playing right now if you'd like to. Do you not care a single bit about what they say? And you push through and you hurt yourself getting to the presence of Jesus. I'm calling, I'm challenging you today to push through and get to the presence of God. Father, in Jesus' name. We love you, Lord God, and we thank you, first of all, Lord, for the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. He did that work on the cross. He shed his blood. His blood hit the ground. Lord God, and we're thankful for that. As bad as it sounds, Lord God, we're thankful for that, Father. And we... We serve a resurrected Christ, so we know you're alive right now. And if you were to show your face right now, we would all die. It, it, it says that David, in Psalm 27, a man that had seen 10,000 fall at his right side, 10,000 at his left side. It said, it, Psalms 27, I think, chapter 4, or verse 4. It says that if I had my wish, if you were to ask me what I desired the most... It would, to, it would be to dwell in the presence of God all the days of my life. As in, I've seen these big victories. I've been the big shot. God has done amazing things in me. But if you could ask me, what job would you have, David? What job would you have if you could pick and be whatever, whatever in the world that you wanted to be? He said, I would like to be that minister that gets to walk past the curtain and sit in front of the Ark of the Covenant in the presence of God. I would like to be that. I want to dwell there. I don't want to go there and just, just work and get my, get my stuff done and leave. I want to sit there. I want to take my time and I want the presence of God to just run over me. Do you desire the presence of God that much today? In the midst of everything you desire, are you willing to push through the crowd for your job? Are you willing to push through the crowd for anything, you name it? If it's not, if you don't, aren't willing to push through the crowd more for the presence of God, some things need to change. Lord, help us today. We can't do this by ourselves. We can no more do this, Lord God, than we can anything without you, Father. But with your presence, Lord God, you can take us into that place. Lord God, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. The altar is open for just a little while. If you'd like any, someone to come and pray with you, if you'd like me to pray with you about whatever issue, no problem. If you'd like to accept Christ as your Savior, as in God has been doing something, and um, the Holy Spirit's been moving in you, and you realize you yourself don't have a relationship with God, and you want that, 
this is a place where you can come and you and we can pray because God desires that for you. I'll give Indy just a few minutes. out of here. If, so, if someone needs to go, you can go. But if, if you want to go and pray at the altar, the altar is open even now. Thank you guys so much for coming today. Um, I pray for you. I pray that the Lord bless you and keep you and um, gives you the desires of your heart. It says that um, you go into the presence of God 
and you esteem him, he can give you the desires of your heart. So I pray that as you go along today, have a great Sunday, have a great day, and um, get into the word and seek the face of God, and he will make changes in your life. Thank you, guys. I love all of you. Thank you.